Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. Like happy hour, you go go to like the local, I don't know, men's strip club. <laughs> it's just like all these dudes like swinging like. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. It's not half boners around. <laughs> Ladies aren't off work. What are you guys oh, doing here? <laughs> it's half the hour. I don't know. I just figured I'd, you know, put some time at the local like, strip club. It, it, costs, it costs half as much to get in, and you get half as much out of it. Welcome, everybody. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I'm Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode. Man, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, sometimes you're looking around at your community and a lot of people, uh, I know, you know, I'm certainly in this category of people. A lot of people out there have fantastic support systems. They find themselves, uh, always, uh, caught in a moment in which they are falling by their friends, family members, loved ones. It's absolutely fantastic. You know what I'm talking about, Jimmy? No, please tell me what hope sounds like, Tim. <laughs> You've never experienced hope before? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, I, well, <laughs> I would imagine that that the antithesis of hopelessness, or excuse me, <laughs> that is that is the antithesis. Uh, hopelessness <laughs> is exactly the antithesis of what I'm talking about here, and that is the exact sensation that you get whenever you're trying to show children how a bridge is supposed to work, right. and the bridge ends up falling Right out from underneath your feet. I would say that's like a fair assessment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the when the floor literally falls out from under you, that would be a fair a fair sense of what hopelessness feels like. <laughs> Absolutely, I think you're trying to it, instill. Confidence. It's like the visual for an antidepressant it's, commercial, really, if you think about it. It's like it's like a what? Wait, explain. The this visual to me. <laughs> for an antidepressant commercial. You, you would have oh, some yeah, woman like, talking uh, with perfect diction. In the background, just saying that mm-hmm. hopelessness is when it feels like the floor falls right from under you. And then there would be someone in a room where all the walls are white and the floor is white. And then there's this visual of the floor literally falling in from underneath them and them falling in slow motion. But with Soraya something a pan, this is the <laughs> medication you should be on. And then they're in a field of flowers. Yeah, they like fall into like a, a big pile of flowers and you just exactly. see like this, or a ball this, pit or something stupid. This glittering mass of happy just explodes around them and they're just like, Oh fuck yeah, I'm high as all get out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I thought I I needed to Reorder and reorient my life, but I just needed some uh, legal uh, drugs. <laughs> yeah, life's so much better when you can just be inebriated legally all the time. That being said, if you are on an antidepressant and it's between you and your doctor, that's what you should be doing, and don't take anything we're saying seriously. Yeah, seriously. You, you are right just the way you are. Don't listen to us. Yeah, some people legitimately need that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, we're, we're self-medicating, okay? We know what's best for us. <laughs> <laughs> We've got that kind of insight, you know. Yeah. We're uh, taking independent responsibility of our own lives, yeah. and we're just we're just going for it. It, it may it may not be the most effective way, but it's way more effective than jumping on a bridge and breaking it at Disneyland. Hell yeah! Oh, what? So he, he must have known to some degree that this bridge would be faulty. He I don't think so. Port- 
I know the people I work with. Like I know that in past jobs that I've had, I know who's competent and who's not. And whenever it comes to certain individuals, if they were to try to build a bridge and be like, hey, Tim, go get on that bridge, man. See how that goes for you. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was someone who worked at the park that was jumping on a bridge. It was a dad, right? Wasn't it just just a dad that was trying to show his kids that the bridge was safe? Is uh, that is that the see. instance? I thought that uh, for, that's what I read into the story, but maybe I misread that. Oh no, you're you're totally right. This is a a guy who jumps on a bridge in order to show his children the bridge is safe. Exactly. So it wasn't like it was someone that worked there was like, look, let me show you kids how safe the bridge is. You know. Oh, shit. In that it, case, it's just like dumb dad logic. Exactly. And, and so instead of the uh, – this is what I imagine, dumb dad logic of instead of just jumping on the bridge normally to be like, hey, look, it's safe. Just imagine a grown-ass 250-pound man jumping and then kicking his legs down, forcing them as hard as he can. Like he's intending to show how strong yeah. the bridge is by putting all of his weight and force into it. Like he yeah. knows he's doing damage to the bridge, but he believes it to be safe. Oh, man. All kinds of things about this situation just don't make a whole lot of sense. Like, one, I bet that the ju- the bridge that he was jumping on was probably intended for children, people that weren't, you know, big. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, I don't see a picture of it, but I'm just imagining this colorful, fantastical-looking bridge that isn't meant yep. for its structural ability, but just looking great. It's made out of cardboard. She's made out of, like, gingerbread and cardboard, you know? And, right. uh, and he just wants to go up there and uh, show some kind of false sense of confidence, hopefully instill it upon his children so that they won't be afraid to walk across the cardboard bridge. And uh, sure enough, he uh, he's decided to jump on this thing. Let's see. Where is this at? Tarzan's Treehouse Attraction. Three stories above ground. Hell yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's so, where I want to fall from. So as soon as it broke, it's not like he just like – Fell into some water. Dumped his sorry ass into a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, whoopsie daisy. And he's like, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. you know, it's <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? He's like, no, he like proceeds to break and then uh, fall down and hit a bunch of like fake ass branches on the way down. <laughs> right. But I'm guessing he must not have received serious damage or the story would have ended with man dies after jumping on bridge, right? Yeah. It doesn't say he broke anything. It doesn't give any descriptions <laughs> of, of like his wounds. It's just, no, no one was injured. Everyone was fine. It's great. Yeah. It says right here, uh, Disneyland officials told the website that no park visitors were injured and that the treehouse was closed immediately afterward. In fact, there were no visitors. No one came in. We made sure of that. <laughs> no one saw anything. Oh, man. I've actually heard – I don't know if this is true or not – that basically that – so Disney, it's all about his PR and stuff like that, right? Like you don't mess with the Mickey Mouse. And so whenever there's some tragic incident or accident that happens at one of these parks, that basically they take the family and whoever's injured like away into some dark corner of the park in some room and then make them sign a bunch of paperwork of like, hey, so uh, your family's going to get $500,000, but you're never going to talk about this ever again. Yeah, not Otherwise, our legal team's going to come after your ass and we're going to sue you for every goddamn penny you're worth. You understand? Yeah, keep us happy, we keep you happy, we're going to give you this money. Only string attached here is that 
non-disclosure, no talk, no exactly. talk to anybody. And then, uh, and they're like, or Mickey Mouse will have a word with you, and you just like hear this sort of like, <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like, what is that? Like, in the dark corner, you see like Mickey Mouse with a baseball bat. <laughs> right, yeah, it's like a shadow of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, exactly, just Mickey Mouse with a baseball bat. Or it's Joe and Lenny, and one of them has like a Mickey oh, Mouse. Oh no! no. <laughs> hey Joe, <laughs> I heard somebody's been talking bad. About about the mouse. Yeah, Lenny, somebody been talking bad about the mouse. <laughs> it would be a shame if that family no longer had a father to take care of them. <laughs> no father. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Perfect. See, it's perfect. It works for every situation. It really does. Uh, and sure enough, they just ended up dropping him right off that bridge again. And yeah. he didn't make it the second time around. <laughs> he, he, seriously. Yeah, I'm not saying that the father was injured um but if he was you're never going to hear about it and their family's living in cancun now Mm -hmm. it also took them a full day to rebuild that bridge which is pretty weird like judging by the original construction i can imagine they would have to i don't know well this time instead of using uh, gingerbread and cardboard as you stated earlier they used uh wood and screws wooded screws uh, who knows Maybe it'll last this time. It's just fucking plywood. It's just fucking plywood and two by fours. So, <laughs> done. Oh man, I'm getting, I'm getting paid by the hour. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to be fast? Yeah, well, go go hire some Mickey Mouse. I don't know. Uh, we got a silver lining for this one, Jimmy. Um, the silver lining is uh, twofold in that either a no one was hurt or b. Uh, the father was hurt dearly, and they got a huge payout, and they're never going to have to worry about their life expenses ever again. So it's a win-win either way. Well, we can only hope that they got a payout, right? I mean, does it explicitly say they got a payout? No, we're just inferring based on our previous knowledge of the mouse. Let's hope that's the case. Uh, yeah, he didn't get injured. I mean, that, that's definitely the surprise. Or did he? He had the uh, the fall. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Um Hey, maybe also the silver lining could be that uh, he proved to his children that he is not of sound mind, and they decided not to listen to another word that comes out of his lion-ass mouth again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. His lady time's like, come on, kids, it's safe. Like, uh-uh-uh, Dad, remember the one time? Yeah, you jumped on that fucking bridge at Disney World <laughs> and you broke because you're it's dumb. Like, right, it's like, oh my god, it's like a fucking Family Guy flashback. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it's always some outlandish thing that doesn't make sense. It's just fucking Peter Griffin jumping on this uh, janky-ass uh, rope bridge, <laughs> suspension bridge. <laughs> Come on, Meg, it's fine. Peter, that doesn't look safe. Come on. Come on, yeah. look at me jump with us. Jane, Jane. And he's like rocking it back and forth. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. It's really not safe, Peter. You need to get down. Damn, those are all uh, those are all perfect impressions. Good job. I didn't realize you were such a ventriloquist. Yep, got my hands up a dog butt right now. Uh, okay, so speaking of dog butts, we're talking about Italian. No, I don't Speaking of dog butts, amazing. Uh, Veneto. 
We're going to be talking about the Veneto Regional Council. Veneto. This is where Venice is, right? Yeah, the future city of lost Atlantis land. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be so cool. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait 500 years from now when it's underwater. It's going to be so much cooler than it is now. Oh, yeah, 500, 500 years. I'm going to be like a 70-year-old and be like, I remember back in my day, Venice <laughs> was not Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in my day, Venice was above ground. They used to also talk shit about climate change. <laughs> yeah. Shows them that's what they get. Yeah, guess what happened to them? They're underwater. <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about the Veneto Regional Council, which is located on uh, Venice's Grand Canal. And for the first time in its history, it flooded. (laughs) I I find that hard to believe. But, yeah, I guess they've just been good at staving off the water up until this point. Yeah, I mean, it's. They knew that they had flooding issues, or, or right. that um, it wasn't a surprise. You know, the, the the city was effectively sinking. But what is karmically delicious about this story is that this occurs just moments after they decide to reject measures to combat climate change. Yeah, it's uh, karma is sweet. Karma is justice. Yep, big old, <laughs> a big old gulp of I told you so. <laughs> yeah, That's great. So, so these assholes, uh, they met and they talked about whatever the fuck they had to talk about. And I guess the last thing on the agenda was whether or not they were going to pass some resolutions to combat climate change. And they were like, Yeah, no, we'd like to, but that cost money, so nah. So they they voted nay, and uh, they got their karmic justice, and the entire palace was flooded. And I use the word palace because it's called a palace, yeah. Like two minutes later. That's fantastic. It's almost like the the god of the universe was just like, oh, man, they're fucking up the world. I got to show them. Right. Gotta show yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. I mean, do you think they went back and changed their, their vote? They're like, all right, fine. Um, well, actually, let's, let's look into this a little bit. Uh, I, I, I think that, well, okay, serious talk. Uh, when it comes to people addressing things like climate change or undeniable facts about the way in which our world is headed down the tubes, uh, people that want to believe the counter will find any number of reasons in order to do so. It doesn't really matter if, you know, a flood is staring them directly in the face as a result of, of the changing climate. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, you know, and, and not even to say, like, I don't even know enough about climate change in order to claim that that is the case, but that's some pretty unusual inclement weather. It's the worst flooding that the area has experienced in 50 years, and, right. uh, and this is with technological advan- advancements and the knowledge that, that that could be the case. Uh, so people are deliberately looking in the other direction, and these things are still occurring. Um, so if nothing else, you know, if, if it's not uh, a an absolute direct correlation between climate change and the flooding of this palace then at the very least, it is evidence that people are willing to look in the opposite direction from from factual data. Right. I mean, it's the constant issue of uh, profits over people, right? Of, hey, 
I mean, we could put this money in the trying to make sure that we have a future, but money, am I right? <laughs> yeah. How am I going to make more money this year? <laughs> yeah. Not advocating yeah. to climate change um, prevention. Surely not. Fuck that. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say about it, except for it's just really ridiculous, the fact that these people literally shot down a law that was to combat climate change, and that no more than two minutes later, mm-hmm. they were flooded. <laughs> um, so, uh, what did we know about Roberto Ciambetti? I don't know shit about Ciambetti Italian. Or Ciambetti? Ciambetti. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Italian politics is not something that I follow closely, unfortunately. Um, okay, so to get an idea of what this council believes on climate change, he, he happens to be the president. Uh, okay. He, uh, and I quote, says, Beyond propaganda and deceptive eating, we are voting for a regional budget that spent 965 million euros over the past three years in the fight against air pollution, smog, which is a determining factor in climate change. So I think he's saying that. We've done enough. In essence, to say we've done enough. Absolutely. (laughs) We've already Uh, done a lot. He continues, uh, once again, and I quote, to say that we do nothing is a lie. We are a region that after the 2010 flood launched a plan to safeguard hydrogeological safety for a total cost of 2.6 billion euros, an exorbitant amount for regional finances, end quote. So, yeah, this guy is being an apologist for doing right. that. Yeah, I mean, effectively. yeah. At this I, I mean, I, I, I guess the evidence of the, I mean, I can't, I haven't fact-checked it to look into the numbers he's throwing out, but let's just take it on its face value and say that it's true that, yes, that they've invested a lot of money into fighting this. Let's just assume that he's telling the truth. Yep. At, the same, at the same time, I mean, I think there's something to be said of that it's, shitty for regions like Venice, like other places that are going to be much more immediately affected by climate change due to them being um, at water level, at sea level, or below, you know? Like, when when the, the tides rise, these places are obviously going to be affected more. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess with that, there comes... I would say a, a higher level of responsibility of, well, you're going to get fucked over by this the hardest. You should not necessarily, um, I don't know, be frugal <laughs> in this area, let's per se, you know? I mean, it sucks that other places that are maybe having an even greater effect on climate change that are less affected by it, i.e. the United States and maybe China and maybe... India aren't playing a bigger role in combating it, right? But I don't know. Uh, if you're someplace that's so directly impacted by it, um, you shouldn't necessarily limit the yeah. amount you're working towards fighting it by any degree because it's more of an it, incentive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If, if, if this like falls through and it doesn't work out, you, you're just not going to exist anymore. Yeah. You're, you're gone. You, you will have to move. Like there's no way that you can just continually live on this ever floating or ever sinking, <laughs> um, uh, you know, palace of yours. Exactly. Um, beyond that, like it's good to look at climate change 
like it's a zero sum game. Like I, I know, I know that a lot of our listeners have, have played, you know, some type of game. Uh, and I played Monopoly. I know how it works. Hey, hey, Monopoly is a great example. Whenever you're playing Monopoly and you get to that pivotal turn, and you guys know the one that I'm talking about, when somebody's obviously winning the game, but you don't necessarily want to lose the game just yet. You flip the board and you say, we tied and you walk away. If we had the like a good sport, Earth, i.e., or, you know, like, uh, I guess in a metaphorical sense, like just getting up off the planet and going to another planet, I'm sure a lot of people would probably take that. But <laughs> we don't have that option. So, uh, it, it, like, it's, some people think we do. You know, the Sorry. end result of a shitty Monopoly game that we're right. playing with our dad because he's trying to teach us how money works. Teach us how much smarter he is than us, how much better he is at jumping on a bridge than the rest of us. Yeah, he <laughs> fucking keeps crashing through that fucking bridge. <laughs> and, uh, He's uh he's sitting there like okay well <laughs> I can be a ten year old at Monopoly <laughs> upgraded uh fucking yellow pieces and now you're gonna owe me everything that you have you know you're gonna have to mortgage out all your shit it's like that's exactly what's happening here like there's no sum of money that you're not going to be willing to pay in order to get this problem to go away or at least try to stop the bleeding because yeah. at a certain point it, it's it's not going to be uh, bleeding. It's, you're going to be missing limbs. Like exactly, you, it's all or nothing. You're already losing. Uh, like as far as uh, you know, direct metaphors. You're already losing a lot of your transit systems by having a flooded area that wasn't prepping for it to be flooded. Like okay, so everything is boat related now. Like you're just gonna have to make sure that all of your public transportation, all of your your, your food and fuel and everything that needs to get places is oh, yeah. going to have to float there from now. All right, guys, everybody, we gotta live on the second story of every building. There is yep. no more first story. And you're saying that, and two minutes later, it just like floods into the second story. All right, we're a third, third story society. Yeah, we're a third story society. Everybody that only had two stories, you guys are living on roofs now. Sorry, property <laughs> value just went way up for everyone that's a third story. Yep, <laughs> I've got a basement. If anybody wants to rent out a basement, <laughs> it's filled with water, you ass. <laughs> I call it an aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> call it an aquarium. Oh man. Amazing. On that note, do we have a silver lining for the eye ties? Um, let's see. Uh, I would imagine, at least judging by the type of office chairs that they were sitting in, that right. uh, just floating around would be a lot less bad on your back. So yeah, they do not look comfortable. Maybe uh, they'll use some of that climate change money to invest in some better seats. Seat wear? I don't know. Is that a, is that a technical term for chairs? Some oh, better chairs? I was thinking uh, inner tubes, but yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. They're just sitting Some there. Water like, aerobics. Imagine a, a group of uh, uptight politicians that are sitting there <laughs> signing legislation into action in inner tubes. <laughs> oh my god! It's got like a fucking floaty beer cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And that's the silver lining? That's the silver lining. I like it. <laughs> you guys can have inner tubes now. That's great. I like it a lot. Fucking awesome. All right. I just hope that uh, they're all fully clothed while they're in their inner tubes, you know? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I think it makes it a little bit more fun. Uh, 
(laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about uh, Andrew Collins in this next story. uh, Serial killer name? I think so. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it, Andrew Collins. It's a white guy name, and that's one of the prerequisites for being a serial killer. True. Got to be white, got to be a guy. That's kind of how it is. And uh, this guy kind of looks like a serial killer. (laughs) Also true. Um, But then again, what does a serial killer really look like? I mean, you can't really put a price on it. Wait, what? (laughs) $300,000. Okay, so Andrew Collins is a serial nudist. (laughs) Yeah, he gets nude every day when he changes from the clothes he's going to wear from the past day to the next day. You get it? Because we all have to get naked in order to put on new, clean clothes. What are you That's why I mean, I this guy did. I don't have any type of relationship with that kind of behavior. There's no way. No, I am an upstanding citizen. I have never, not once, gotten fully naked. <laughs> fully naked. You gotta like put on a clean. So you like you take off your shirt, right? Your dirty shirt, and then you put on your clean shirt. Yep. And then you take off your dirty pants and your dirty underwear, but you're still wearing a shirt. Yeah. So you're never fully naked at any point in time. And I wear my left sock in the shower. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy uh, is uh, a pilot. And right. was serving in the United States Air Force, and he was arrested sometime last year uh, for uh, indecent exposure because he was standing in front of his 10th floor hotel window overlooking the Denver International Airport. Who's the fucking pervert staring at the goddamn windows? Who's Uh, the person that's staring into other people's rooms? Who's that nosy bastard? Who does that? Well, even then, like, if you are to look at the side of a crowded hotel any evening, at some point you're going to see something. Like, there's no way right. that everybody is so consciously aware of who's watching in their window at any given time that they're like, ooh, you know, i got to make sure that, you know, the angle of the blinds is correct and I have to make sure i got my bathrobe on or my towel wrapped around me or whatever. Right. Or my left sock. Yeah. And this is apparently what was going on. Exactly. I always wear that left sock. I wasn't totally naked, officer. I, wasn't <laughs> I had my left sock on. Yeah, this guy was about to take a shower, and he gets a phone call. And because he is so interested... Such an upstanding citizen, he answered an unknown number. Who does that? No one does that except for innocent people. Yeah, and he he talked for 24 minutes. and Longest phone call ever. Yeah, somebody was watching him, apparently. Yeah, and it's absolutely silly. Uh, So the Denver police start banging on his door... Order him to open it. What do you think the call was about? Uh, like it's kind like, of pretty interesting stuff, right? Pro- yeah, he just starts. He's just like completely naked. He's like, "Oh, I gotta take this phone call." I understand the pacing around though while talking on the phone. I cannot sit still while talking. I'm one of those people. I have to pace, so oh, yeah. I get it. So he probably just so happened to have been caught off guard. He got naked. He's about to take a shower. He got a call. And then, you know, you have to start pacing. That's just the rule of law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to. You got to, like, dissipate that energy. Exactly. Uh, give yourself a little bit of extra something to do while you're talking on the phone. Exactly. Because you, you don't want to be totally interested. You don't want to read in too much. 
It's like it's almost like you're in sensory deprivation at that point. You want something else to do. Um, exactly. Like us right now. Every time we record the podcast, walking around my room. I'm on a bike. I'm on a bike <laughs> all over town. <laughs> I'm getting my exercise in, talking with Jimmy. It's great. Oh, yeah, Super one. I can, I can stop for a little bit. I just like kind of listlessly roll back and forth over my bike seat because i got to have something to do. There you go. Yeah, and this guy was, I don't know, I guess he answered his phone call and it was like, uh, uh, so, uh, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> Do I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. And that went on for 24 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was probably like a, a discussion with like a, a middle school sweetheart. Right. Or, uh, let's see. Who else could it be? I don't know. 24 minutes out of the blue? Like, it's got to be something pretty important. Right. Maybe somebody was saying, I see you, you're naked. <laughs> where are you? How did you get this number? <laughs> yeah, are, where are you watching me? Oh, my God. Like, don't look at me naked. No, you're making kind of me like, blush. Like, kind of like shooks me. Maybe the, if I get closer the, to the window, I can see where you're looking at me from. <laughs> what? Do you see it? Do you see it when I hold myself like this? Is it? Is it? How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> Uh, just one. <laughs> it's my dick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so eventually, um, while he's having this conversation on the phone, naked, wandering around his room aimlessly, the Denver police apartment uh, loudly began banging on his door, ordering him to open it. Yeah. Uh, the officer told Collins he would enter with or without permission. Uh, the notice of claim states. So then Collins put on his pants real quick because he's like, I'm going to go open the door like a responsible citizen. Didn't take the time to put his shirt on. And he was uh, immediately confronted and rushed by the officer, according to the notice of claim, citing the police body camera footage. So he's just like, um, I guess I'm going to answer this door now because someone's angrily banging on it. And then the police officer, you know, rushes in, handcuffs him, and is like, you're under arrest. Public, unappropriate public exposure. Yeah, some some little person saw you, and now we're upset because you're a sex offender and you're coming with us. Yeah, and he had to go. He had he had, he had no choice because they came in and they used force and violence yep. in order to prevent him from having any freedom in that situation to do otherwise. <laughs> it's very sad. God, yeah. So like this air, so this uh, hotel he was in was, I guess, visible from the uh, Denver airport, and some fucking narcs like took time out of their day. Like they're in the airport, but they're like staring at this hotel for some reason, and they just so happened to see this guy on the tenth floor that happened to be naked. Instead of just being like, oh, someone being a normal human being and getting naked during their day, they took time out of their personal life to call the police and be like. Um, excuse me, police officer. There, I can see somebody who's naked in this hotel. Can you go do something about it? Yeah, and that's uh, that's precisely what they did. They went and did something about it. It's ridiculous, though. Like, what what do you think that that person was like? Do you think they were just like uptight and lonely? 
I, I just, uh, every time I think about something like this happening, I think about your your typical uh, soccer mom, like, may I please speak to your manager haircut woman. Like, I, I, I know that's probably not fair, but, like, that's the only kind of person I can imagine taking time out of their day to do something about this. I can't imagine, like, some young person doing something about this. I can't imagine a man of any age doing something about this. Mm, um, I, would, I would agree with you. Like, I would, I'd say the first... Uh, Type of person that pops into mind is the fluff in the front, daggers in the back type. Let's exactly. Let's talk to your manager. But I don't want to say that because I realize that they are our largest demographic. So they are our largest demographic. Thank you, all the mothers listening to this. And by that, I mean Tim's and my mother. Yep. Primarily mothers listening to this. Yep. My mom's name. So, so just to speak on that subject for a moment. So I have a conflicted relationship with the Karen memes that are going on about on the internet. Oh. Part of me thinks they're hilarious. Part of me doesn't know how to react because my mom's name happens to be Karen. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. You well, know? Um, it's a very momly name. It is a momly name. So I like to think that it's not like a direct attack like on my mom for having the name Karen. It's just like a general like woman, you know, in their 40s name, you know? Like, Karen just happened to be a name that was popular 40 years ago. Uh, and and they're more likely to get that kind of haircut, you know? Yes, exactly. My mom doesn't have daggers in the back haircut, by the way. What, what kind of haircut does she have? Well, my mom's a lesbian, so she has uh, a, just like, she has my haircut. <laughs> she has Wait. She has short hair. Is it short? Is it short in the back and like long bangs? No, just short hair. Okay, I was about to say. Cause Me and my mom like, have the same haircut. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like the exact same haircut? When I get a haircut, we have the exact same haircut. <laughs> I haven't got a haircut in a minute, so her hair is probably actually shorter than mine. That's pretty great. But it's not like the it's not like the Justin Bieber like I'm trying to look hot kind of like short hair haircut. She's just like I like short hair. You know. It's like a utility preference, not like a, I'm a bad bitch, short hair haircut. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a difference. I, I totally understand. There's a difference between utility short and like I'm a bad bitch, short haircut. You know, you can see it in the eyes of the person that has the haircut. <laughs> it's usually accompanied by eyeliner. Like if they have short hair and eyeliner, it's a I'm a bad bitch, short hair haircut. My mom just has the short hair, not the eyeliner. It's a utility yeah. thing. Yeah, she's just looking for a practical haircut. Exactly. Exactly. Don't wake up out of the morning. You don't want to have to comb and brush and straighten the shit out of it. Exactly. Yeah, that takes time. That's that's effort. Too much effort to spin on that kind of thing. Oh man, just like just like wearing a fucking towel before you get in the shower. Exactly. Why would you do that? It's just gonna fall down, especially if you're pacing. It's so hard to pace while in a towel unless you're actively holding it up. Why not just walk around naked like our good friend Andrew Collins? Yeah, I'm trying to have a phone call. I'm not trying to keep my towel on. Like, there's there's only so many things a guy can do. God. So the uh, so Colin uh, for, fortunately was able to get an attorney to help him out in this case, and yeah. it was discerned that. Uh, so here we go. We got a quote. Colin's attorney said his client was unable to see anyone observing him from the airport terminal, which was more than 100 yards away. So, next sentence, under Colorado law, a person commits indecent exposure if, keyword if, 
they knowingly expose their genitals to the view of any person under circumstances in which some conduct was likely to cause affront or alarm to the other person. Hmm. So, obviously, in this case, our friend Andrew Collins here just happened to be wandering around naked because he thought he was in the confidence of being alone in his hotel and didn't realize some fucking perverts were staring at him calling the police. And so, so ultimately, he was considered innocent. As he should have been. Uh, so one thing I want to mention before we get to our silver lining. Uh, I've been to Denver before, and we flew in. At yeah. the Denver airport, uh, I don't remember there being a whole lot of buildings. Near. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yes, dude, same here. Yeah, I don't remember being able to see any fucking hotels from the Denver airport. Like, I just remember yeah. being at a fucking airport. Yeah, and, and then in order to actually get into the town, you have to take a train in. Yeah, like, it's not close. Yeah, it's not close at all. So, yeah, I really don't understand where these people were in approximation to the airport to be able to see any hotel. Like, do they have fucking binoculars? Like, were they just, like, looking around with binoculars? Like, oh, shit. Oh, look, I see someone. I see someone that's naked. Yeah, it's like, Karen, I told you that I would only get you those binoculars if you wouldn't spy on people in their hotel room that were a mile away. Be like, shh, 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 shh. I see yeah. someone. And they're naked. Oh, that guy. Oh, he's, he's naked. He's, he's jangling his bits all around that room. Call oh, the police. Oh, my God. Get get the police on his ass. <laughs> so in true cynic empowerment fashion, uh, the silver lining, of course, is rather easy for this one. <laughs> he got $300,000. He got fucking $300,000. We didn't even get to that part. That's that is a that is a pretty penny. That Dude, is pretty sweet. I would get naked for three hundred thousand dollars. Like he get he's getting paid at a better rate than most porn stars. Jesus. So how how much is so if somebody was to put you in jail against your will, which I yeah. guess it's always against your will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If somebody if you were to spend the night in jail, how much yeah. is that worth to you? Oh, at least three hundred thousand dollars. That's easy. Oh, three hundred thousand dollars! Oh, that's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. Yeah. What you think I get more? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be an. I don't want to be a uh, tease, you know. But I want to get paid. Oh yeah, of course. I probably I probably go down for less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm willing to barter. You know? Yeah. <laughs> How much am I worth? Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. when you when you hear that this guy got three hundred thousand dollars, I'm like, man, I'm at least worth a little more than that. Yeah, I think I mean, like I'm, I don't I don't even walk around with my windows open whenever I'm butt ass naked. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, my my uh, my communal value is a little bit more than this Andrew Collins fellow. At least three hundred and ten thousand dollars. Yeah, come on. Oh man, what what if uh, what if you were blind and somebody took your pupper? Like, how much would you give them then? Ooh, dang. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. How much is your pupper actually worth? Oh, you can't put a price on a pupper. You can't make a human being do that. That's fucked up, man. Yeah, man. Got to. That's got to, especially up. because it is a person. Person. It is the animal that uh, will guide you and love you and ensure that nothing happens to you and sacrifice you. And then you got to give it up. How much are you gonna? How much are you gonna get paid for that? Priceless. You can't put a price on that. If I was to put a price on that, I'd be considered a heartless human being. It's pretty fucking dumb. Uh, 
So, yeah, uh, uh, apparently this guy, the uh, 30-year-old from Newburgh, Fife, which I guess is in the UK. I don't, I don't know. Where is where is that? Yeah, I'm assuming because this is from the mirror.co.uk. So, Fife, maybe that's what they refer to counties in the UK. I don't know. They're fucking weird. Well, this guy's name is Jonathan Attenborough, and I know that Attenborough is absolutely an English name. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, oh man! You think yeah. this guy? You think it runs in the family? This guy just has a fantastic narrating voice. Yeah, exactly. An affinity for animals, so it makes sense that he would have a guide dog. Yeah. <laughs> there was a <laughs> woman. Oh no! But it's sad though because he's blind, so he'd be a horrible like documentary narrator. Because oh, yeah. you know, he wouldn't be able to like see the. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I guess he could do Braille and then read what the Braille says, but oh, he wouldn't see it. Oh, he could hear things. You know, he could he could just like he just talk about what he hears. <laughs> it's okay, or he could just like talk about how soft his dog is. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. He looks like a happy guy. Like he looks as happy as his dog looks, which is a rare thing to see. They, At they, least in the photos that they sampled for this. Uh, this article. Oh, they nailed it. They picked the best ones. Yeah, they really did. And it's such a cute dog. Yeah, uh, so, so I, uh, yeah. It was a, there's this nasty lady, and uh, this her is. Her name was not Karen. Enter this. Not, not, not we're aware of. Yeah, so there were several run ins that this guy actually had with animal rights activist groups. Uh, claim, Why more than one? I, like, I, I don't fucking know. Why? It's like, I, my dog likes it when I hit him with this stick. I don't know. I, like, <laughs> I really don't know why. <laughs> oh. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, but he said that uh, he was just hanging out. The first Two run-ins. He was hanging Two out run-ins. A cafe in Edinburgh. And uh, a man approached him and told him that he shouldn't have a guide dog and that the dog should be running free in the fields, not sitting in cafes. Oh man! And, and apparently, uh, the, 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 the Jonathan thought that the guy was joking at first, uh, but according here in a quote from Jonathan, he was he wasn't particularly hostile, just looking to have a conversation. And after I explained what kind of uh, life Sam has, he wasn't a hundred percent convinced, but he did seem much more open to the idea. But uh, so here we go. He, he apparently had a second meeting with some animal rights activist and in that instance yeah yeah he said that the woman was very in our faces and made him feel very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so now he's paranoid that somebody's gonna pop up and yell at him for having a guide dog yeah it just i don't understand like what like uh, uh i'm like not like i'm we we've shit on PETA before we're not we don't necessarily uh, appreciate PETA as an organization just because of all the shitty shit they've been wrangled with in the past. But uh, Tim and I aren't necessarily just completely against animal rights activist groups. Like we we believe animals shouldn't be treated like shit. But if someone is blind and has a guide dog so they can live independently, like how backwards do you have to have your mind be to go and berate? And ridicule a blind person for having a guide dog. Like, I don't understand how you could get to that mental space. 
You gotta be really bored, you know. Just have nothing yeah, else. like no That's free time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I mean, no, I, wait, I got that backwards. Endless free time. Endless free time. Yeah, it's like that one scene in Fight Club where uh, Tyler Durden insists all of the members of Fight Club to go and start random fights with people, like right. introducing uh, conflict and therefore interest into their life, you know, a little bit of intrigue, if you will. Uh, so maybe these people are just looking to spice things up, you know. It's a lame way to do it. Like I, I, I'm usually satisfied uh, with trying to insert myself into religious communities and then argue with all the people involved as to why their god doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> That's it's usually satisfactory. Um, but doing something like this, it just seems outright harmful. Yeah, it just seems cruel. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. It just. I mean, if anything's a case of punching down, this is like. <laughs> yeah. There's a blind guy. I'm going to go make fun of him for the fact that he has a guide dog. Yeah. Look at you, you piece of shit, keeping this fucking dog hostage in your life. Yeah. I bet you this dog doesn't even want to be here right now. There, There is kind of a complicated relationship with humans and animals. Uh, there is – speaking of religion, I guess it's it's relatively – that's kind of relevant here. Speaking uh, of religion. Well, there, there's this principle, at least in the religious circles in which I was brought up, in that uh, that uh, nature is to kind of be used by humans to a certain extent, and uh, kind of, it's it's almost like a, a, a apologetics for hunting or or uh, being shitty to the planet. Uh, speaking of climate change as well, uh, right. so we are to be, as they say, stewards of the planet, right. but it's also kind of um, insinuated that everything on earth is available and for humans. So we don't really have any responsibility to the, um, you know, the organisms or the earth itself other than to just treat it respectfully. However, I guess your religious leaders define what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this particular instance, uh, one guy, the first guy that he, he talked to said that the dog should be running in fields, you know, like, in whatever the natural habitat that that idiot perceived. <laughs> Dog's uh, natural habitat is fields. Anywhere there is a field, that is where a dog belongs. Yeah. So, so then you start thinking, okay, so <laughs> if uh, if it was running in a field naturally, you'd either a in the literal sense in the modern day have packs of <laughs> domesticated dogs running in fields and running in the fields. <laughs> Because they're pack animals. They, <laughs> they will probably have a pecking order and they will probably grow to be aggressive. Because it's like a pack of piranhas just yeah. devouring anything they come across. Yeah, and let's assume that animals rights activists have it you know, in, in the perfect extent, sense of exactly what they want. Everything was naturally how it was. Animals were never domesticated. No one has pets. Then that means every dog, air quotes, that you see is a wolf. It's a right. fucking wolf, and you don't want wolves running in your fields. I mean, wolves are the the stereotypical metaphorical uh, animal representing violence, mayhem, and destruction. Like, right. You don't want those around. Which goes <laughs> to show just how stupid these two people that accosted this guy were. That they believe this dog should be free. Like dogs are domesticated; they can't survive in the wild. Like some dogs can. Yeah. Some are more capable of, but in general, they're much better off 
with humans. We have a symbiotic relationship with them. Uh, most dogs enjoy being in the company of humans. Like, right. uh, I mean, you can try to deny the facts and say that isn't the case, but you're wrong. <laughs> it's apparent. It's apparent in their behavior and the way in which they've been domesticated. Like, humans have purposely chosen the animals that liked humans the most because yep. those are the ones that the humans liked the most because exactly. it's statistical and that's how that works. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to so, the ones that like me the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but as far as this is concerned, there's got to be a limit on the guide animals, right? Like you, you can't just choose oh, any, yeah. <laughs> any animal whatsoever to guide you around or to be your emotional support animal, right? Yeah, this story reminded me of a story from a little while back where somebody was trying to get emotional uh, an emotional support peacock onto an airplane and were denied by United Airlines. So uh, Fantastic. this just goes to show that um, – you know, the uh, animal rights activists obviously have it wrong in this case to accost a blind man for having a fucking guide dog of all things. But at the same time, you know, people shouldn't get all ballsy and think that it's okay to have a fucking peacock on a goddamn airplane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not all animals are equal. Uh, right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Or at the very least, uh, not all animals fit into uh, a compartment space as conveniently. (laughs) In layman's terms, not everything should be on a fucking airplane. Yeah, I I actually – I mean speaking of this story, I I recently heard about a guy who was fined out the wazoo for sneaking uh, a cat onto a plane. And then he sent out a bunch of pictures about it. So the airline – I can't remember if they fined him or they prevented him from like having his round trip or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) He got blacklisted and he can't go on planes anymore. Uh, Pretty much. That's it. Like they they label him an international terrorist. Yeah. It's just – yeah. And that's because he snuck a cat on a plane. And on one hand, it's like, yeah, I kind of get it because having a cat on a plane could be disastrous for individuals who have allergies to cats. Um, I don't know if people have allergies to peacocks or not, but I don't know. What if they are to – you know – brush their tail feathers in someone's face i don't know i don't know what they do what is it that peacocks do do they do they peck people are they peckers maybe are they peckers yeah are you saying they're are they dicks (laughs) are they peck are they are they dicks dick birds Oh man, I don't know. I don't know what they do i haven't spent much time with the peacock i mean it has the capacity to peck I mean, I feel like they're definitely cockbirds. <laughs> I mean, cockbirds. Uh, okay, I don't know. Uh, how about a silver lining for this? <laughs> uh, silver linings for uh, for Mr. Attenborough. His dog's really cute. He's got, he's got that going for him. He got a cute dog. And a he nice Labrador. Is, you know, the alternative life for his dog would be to frolic in the fields. And starve to death and die because dogs aren't self-sufficient. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. Pretty cool. And he says he won't be swayed by the awkward exchanges. Good. It's a very English response. I like it. And like the only thing that would make this story better is if someone clocked the person that was accosting this guy for having a guide dog. Like that's the only way the story would have a silver lining. If it it ended with – and then 
X, Y, and Z person that was yelling at Jonathan for having a guy dog was punched in the face by a random bystander that wasn't going to put up with her shit. I, I or his shit. It, it's not necessarily good etiquette to reference um, anyone that is differently abled than you in public. But for this instance, if somebody comes up to the guy and starts talking shit about his guide dog, couldn't you just like walk up and be like, dude, he's blind. Like, look at what's going on here. Like, just yeah. quit like, being a are you a f- exactly. Are you a fucking moron? Yeah. Do I do I need to do I need to point this out? Like, you know, sorry, Mr. Attenborough. Is, I, I realize this is not the exchange you want. I know that this is awkward, but look. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> and then Attenborough's like, I can't look. I'm blind. Can't you see? It's like, no, not you. Look. Have them look. <laughs> but I can hear everything that's going on. Allow I can... me to describe it <laughs> in the most bestest way. <laughs> the emotional support peacock is a rare find indeed in its natural habitat found on airlines. <laughs> oh man all right so the war on christmas is real y'all the war on it's happening and it's happening in texas Hell yeah. <laughs> we said this wouldn't we wouldn't let this happen but we're letting we're letting we're letting everyone else down is is christmas really sad in places that are super warm i know that you grew up in houston <laughs> So, like, when I was growing up, like, I didn't think anything of it, right? There's just no snow and the grass is kind of brown because it doesn't rain a lot in wintertime in Houston, Texas. But I remember, like, I think my second Christmas after, you know, living, uh, going to college in Kentucky and then coming back and being like, it doesn't look like fucking Christmas here. Like, the trees are still green, right? Like, the leaves haven't even fallen and it's Christmas time. You're like, something's wrong. This doesn't look like Christmas. <laughs> yep. Do they have decorations that emphasize snow? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they've got fucking blow-up snowman and all that fucking bullshit, right? <laughs> and, and then, like, the the, the, the icicle um, Christmas lights, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the like the, the yeah. Christmas lights that look like icicles. Like, all the, sh- the fucking shit that symbolizes and reminds you of fucking snow and shit. Yo, hell yeah. While you're just sitting there. They don't hold back. Fucking sweating your ass off. Exactly. Oh, man. It's 70 degrees outside. You got, like, the windows rolled down. You're like, oh, look, the neighbors put out their icicle lights. Exactly. That's exactly it. You're just rolling down the road, and you're drinking (laughs) gold. Got, like, a 7-Up, 7-Eleven, big gulp full of gritty. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever they drink in Texas. <laughs> That's it, man. You got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. How did you know? You don't even have to visit. You already got the idea. Got it down. <laughs> That's so, it, man. In the instance that someone was to put up their decorations a tad early, like let's say, I don't know, November the first. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, I think they should be publicly shamed, but I mean, I don't think I don't think there should be anything legally against that, right? I think people yeah. should have the right to put up whatever stupid shit they want in their yard whenever they want. It's basically like uh, Christmas carolers, but they haven't rehearsed all their songs yet, so they're just relegated to standing in front of your house yelling, Shame! 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just they, like that. They shame the decorations away. 
Which is basically what a homeowners association is for, right? Yeah. Shaming, shaming things yeah. away. What's the fucking point of homeowners associations? Uh, like, to keep uh, property values up. Oh, to make everybody, you know, into the exact same boring little. Yep. You want to live in the same exact little cardboard box everybody yep. else does. Yep. It's this thing that you have to pay into to shame you into putting your garbage cans behind your fence. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, little boxes on the hillside, little boxes made of ticky-tacky, little boxes. Oh, God, homeowners associations. Oh, wait, in Texas, don't they have, like, really unusual zoning laws? That's specifically Houston. Specifically, Houston has uh, no zoning laws. So you could have, like, uh, my favorite example of Houston, there's a place called Zone the Erotica, which is like a, uh, a sex shop. That's like basically in the parking lot of a mall. And, you know, the mall sells all like your typical family friendly stuff of like having a JCPenney's and a Ross and whatever the shit people go to. But then you have to have your family fun friendly, you know, minivan drive up next to the zone, the erotica to get to whatever of those shops you want to get to. That's killer. So you're just like, mommy, mommy, what does the zone, the erotica say? I mean, sell. Uh, don't worry about that. Yeah, don't don't Wait. worry about it. All. I want to we'll go in. They say they sell toys. No. <laughs> oh man, and then they got like a Ferris wheel built on the roof of that building. It, it, like that, like, they don't. But if they wanted to, they could because Houston. <laughs> Wait, so there's no, like, no zoning laws? Like, I mean, surely you got to build things safely. No. Right? What? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, wait, you mean safely? Yes. Yeah. I mean, OSHA laws still apply, but, you know, okay. if they wanted to somehow safely build a Ferris wheel on top of the zone de erotica, I don't think there'd be anything against that. Oh, if there was a safely way to do such. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. You gotta, you gotta attract kids to your store somehow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Except Camel will only be allowed for so long. Yeah, <laughs> as if the bright lights and promises of toys weren't enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Joe Camel, the uh, cigarette smoking camel, and a Ferris wheel built atop <laughs> our store. <laughs> oh man! But we're not having any goddamn Christmas up. No, nope, not, <laughs> not until December. Yeah. So the story, so the war on Christmas, it's real, as we stated earlier. So this family claims that, okay, uh, oh, worries me, my wife is pregnant, uh, they're expecting the baby on December 5th, December 25th, just so happens on Christmas, and they're like, oh, we don't know when the baby's actually going to be due. Maybe the baby's going to come sooner, so we're going to be super proactive. Just so happens on November 1st, we're going to put all of our Christmas decorations out. That way we don't have to worry about it later. <laughs> Pretty smart. Uh, so smart. And that's when all the department stores start blaring their shitty Christmas music. So oh, it's true. It should be all fair and games. Yeah, it sounds fair. Why yeah, not? HOA didn't get the memo. Nope. So, hmm, pretty yeah. weird. So the HOA was like, no, you cannot do this. Yeah. You have to put your Christmas things away until after November. Uh, pretty lame. But according to the family, their defense is that uh, the, the, the Homeowners Association says that uh, holiday decorations must be taken down. 
10 days, at least 10 days, within 10 days after a specific holiday, but they don't have any regulations for how early before the holiday they're allowed to be put up. So this family's currently fighting it, and apparently in an act of solidarity, one of their neighbors put up a 12-inch snowman in the yard, and their other neighbor put up Christmas lights. Hell yeah. <laughs> a 12-inch, just little foot-tall snowman. Yeah, a little tiny snowman, like, we stand together with the... Wait, what's this family's last name? Uh, I don't fucking know. It doesn't say. Damn it. It's we, Christmas Tinians. We stand in solidarity with the Smith family. We put this 12-inch tall snowman to show our support. And if the HOA comes after us, well, golly, mister, we're, we're, well, we're gonna do something. <laughs> so help. You can only step on the little man for so long. Oh, man. That's beautiful. We will not stand for this, Mr. HOA. Yeah, he just, like, walks out their front door, and they look over, and the guy's, like, standing by his little 12-inch snowman. He's got, like, a little fist. Yeah. Puts his little fist up. Rise up. Yeah. Rise, Batman. Yeah, Barbara from that HOA always wants her way, but we're not letting her have it this time. Yeah, not this time. <laughs> when Barbara said to put my uh, uh, garbage cans outside of view from the street, I moved my garbage cans. When Barbara said that I had to rake my leaves, I raked my leaves. But when Barbara says that I can't have my Christmas decorations out on November 1st, this will not stand. God. Uh, I feel like this has already popped up once in the podcast, but jeez, ah, I'm get, I'm getting the Karen meme again. You know, it's it's kind of popping up once again. I would imagine this is a Karen person. move. I'm sorry, mom. This is not you. This is about the the metaphorical <laughs> peripheral analogous Karen. Like it's like the embodiment of Karen, not like a personal Karen. Right. We, I'm not talking we, about you, mom. I promise. But she, I'm I'm sure that. You know, Mom, you know. It's a meme. Have, I'm sure you You're not a meme. Just yeah, just look up the Karen meme. Yeah, and, and and I already know that you don't have that kind of haircut because Jimmy told me that you guys get the exact same one. So. Exactly. It's I, like, I, I go in there and I say, I'm having what she's having. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm like the 40-year-old virgin, but instead of having like a haircut of what I want, I have a picture of my mom's haircut. I'm like, I want this. I want this one. <laughs> and she's got like a picture of you and you guys are just like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So good. Uh, which haircut came first, the Jimmy or the Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> the question is old as time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so the reason why they were putting it up so early was because they were pregnant. Okay? Right, right, right. And... Uh, <laughs> they were trying to get it out of the way because they probably wouldn't be able to because their due date was the 25th. Right, 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 right. Jeez. Uh. I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, obviously the war on Christmas is bullshit, so I'm not going to say that this is evidence of that. But at the same time, like, you know, my uh, libertarian leanings say people should be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Like, when I grew up, we had goddamn... Christmas lights up year round, not because we were like making a stance against the war on Christmas, but because we were fucking lazy and we liked it that way. Hell yeah. 
It was convenient. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to put up Christmas lights? It's a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah, so once you put them up, you want to be able to either leave them up for forever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, you got to take it down within 10 days. It's like, no, 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 no. You see, I'm not taking it down from the past Christmas. Over there, you can see that I have changed my 2019 to a 2020. So I am indeed putting up my Christmas lights for next year. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, according to your bylaws, there is nothing saying that there is a limit to how early I can put up my Christmas lights. So I'm just putting up my Christmas lights 364 days before <laughs> they need to be changed. Precisely. So uh, so you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go like go into some uh, cafe in, in Edinburgh and complain to a guy about his dog. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, a list of useless things to complain about. You can add bitching about people's decorations to that. Yep. Oh. Hell yeah. Get wrecked. <laughs> oh, jeez. Do we well, have a silver lining? Is that, what's that, the silver lining? Um, hmm. Silver lining... Uh, you mean like tinsel wrapped around a Christmas tree? Uh, God damn you. Yeah, well, I mean the, the fact that they could use that that bylaw to just like ignore the shit out of it. I think that the silver lining is is the solidarity. Oh, yeah, the 12-inch snowman. Yeah, 12-inch snowman. 12-inch <laughs> snowman, lights from the other neighborhood. Great. Oh, Fuck it. I mean, I guess they could also just filibuster. Like, if they just wait long enough... Then the HOO would be like, "We're going to fine you for your Christmas lights." I'm like, "Uh, They'd be like, uh, 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 it's, it's December first now. Yeah, it's totally allowed. It's it's way 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 too far along." And uh, oh, there goes my wife. She's going into labor. We're gonna have to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, cut us uh, cut us some slack, assholes. See ya. <laughs> I like it. Oh man. Yep, well, uh, if you assholes out there want to cut us some slack, you can do so at these following places. All right. If you all are interested in getting in contact with us, you can do so by emailing us at syndicatepowerman at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you there. You can also tweet at us at the, at the, on the Twitter at cynicempowerme1, or you can like us on Facebook and send us a message to there at cynicempowerment. Uh, you know, if you're feeling feisty, do that. Like, it'd be cool. Uh, it would be even more cool if you would rate and review the show on whatever listening app you're using. That would be, that would make you like a cool person. Our favorite person ever, and we totally wouldn't call on the police if we saw you naked in a hotel room. Yeah, seriously. Like, you're on our, you're on our good list. Yeah, instead we would probably just sit there with our binoculars and just say, wow, what a good person. Yeah. What a good person. We really appreciate you. Oh, they're walking around because they're talking on the phone. Well, I'm I'm not even going to call the cops, you know? I just – I appreciate them. I appreciate them for all they're doing. Uh, I appreciate them so much. That if they wanted to put up Christmas lights in fucking July, I'd be okay with that. Hey, it's called Christmas in July for a reason, am I right? I'd be I'd be okay with it if it was even another month. I'd, I'd be okay with it because you guys are so fucking cool. You guys are the best. We love you so much. I second that. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> God.
God damn. Every time I say God damn now, all I think is about is that Bermuda judge that was talking about the sex talk making him horny. <laughs> horny. Oh, yeah. God damn. God damn. All this sex talks are making me a horny. And I don't know why he has to, like, have an A at the end of all his words. It just does. All of this is sex talks are making me a horny. All of this is sex talk are making me horny. It's a me, a judge. It's a me, a perverted judge. 